Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharp Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey everyone. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, welcome, welcome us back. To the, welcome us back to the podcast. The podcast. We are so sorry, uh, M3 listeners, that yeah. we have not had a new podcast for you for the last couple of weeks. We were struck low. Struck low with the flu, <laughs> with man. With the flu. That That's, flu plague We're thing up in the Northeast, just, right? And, uh, man. It was killer. They're not kidding. No, if you've seen kidding. any of these news shows about- Get that flu shot. <laughs> Northeastern America. I know next year I'm getting that flu shot. I'm, yeah. I'm totally- <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we was, are definitely- We are mortal. We're mortal. We are. We found, if we didn't know that for sure, man, do we, we know that now. We, we, we definitely are. So but, anyway, so. But we did, we did, we did suffer through. And we, we and, and here we are. Here and we are. so we would say, welcome to Mentoring for, for the, the Modern, Modern Musician. Musician. So welcome back to the podcast. As and always, it, thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We are so excited about our guest today. Couldn't be happier about who we're bringing to. You guys, you have no idea. The show today for you guys to listen this to. This is so exciting. Yeah. Circa. From Indiepreneur. Indiepreneur. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's yep. Indiepreneur.io. Mm-hmm. They are, they their mission, if you go to their homepage, I love this. is they are on a mission to help a million, million indie, indie artists, artists be successful. I love that. I, I mean. I love that. And they definitely have the tools to do it. Absolutely. They're, so. so I mean, they're, they're like, they crush it with marketing and fan yeah. building and yeah. how to continue, how to really set yourself up as a business right well and one of the things that we like about the way they talk is it's something that we've been talking about for a very long time now that you you are an, if you're a musician you're an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur you're either a, you're either a, a good and active and intentional one or, or an accidental an accidental one who's probably not very good at it exactly so being and and as we talked about this year being our, our we're focusing on being intentional yep and that that's a big thing and one of our intentions was to bring guests to this show that would really uh, drop some knowledge bombs on you. Boom. <laughs> Dropping the knowledge bombs. Exactly. Exactly. So very excited to get to this conversation. Again, um, this might be one that you want to listen to more than once. You might even want to have a notepad. You might. Right? Just like, just take some notes. Right. Grab some coffee or tea or and bever- definitely beverage go- of your choice. Beverage of your choice. <laughs> Strap in. Here we have Circa. From Indiepreneur. Circa, thanks for joining us, man. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to, welcome to the podcast. So it's much, so guys. great to have you on here. So excited to have you on. Man. We are huge fans of what you do. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Let's start with, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, what what do you do? What is Indiepreneur? What is, where did you come into music and and uh, how, did, how did you end up starting the company? Okay, so I I came into music when I was 12, and my dad just kind of plopped uh, like an audio card for my computer down on my lap for my birthday with like a copy of Acid Music Studio One, and uh, I just like set to work (laughs) with that, and then I, you know, so I've been doing music a long, long time in various iterations, and um, I went to music business college at Full Sail University here in Orlando, I got out, I ended up managing a recording studio here in Orlando, which ended up being like this crazy creative co-working and living space. We had like 15 engineers, producers, songwriters, artists wow. living in the same, you know, mini mansion in Orlando. <laughs> so like a like a little music co-op. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And while I was there, I like obviously that I, I, I kind of hold the beliefs that like studios will never pay the bills unless you're like, you know, one of the top studios. It's a very difficult business model. So yeah. I needed other money. And we so agree. I started learning digital marketing. And when I first like discovered it through guys like Ryan Dice and Digital Marketer, I was like, oh my God, this is how everything works. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> right, right, exactly. How did I not know about this? Right. And, um, I got pretty obsessed, and then I got a chance to try out what I was learning with a uh, a tech agency as their marketer. I I did some you know some cool things there. I left and then worked for a mobile app agency as their marketer, and I learned a lot about running teams and running agencies. But I did hate it, so I eventually quit. And amidst like me quitting that, I was also starting to test out: Can I run these digital marketing strategies for all my friends? Because I had right. so many talented friends in that studio, even including people I lived with who are just like 
you know, I beat my head against the wall. Like, why aren't you huge? And a few of them started to like quit music because they just didn't really have like viable options there. And like, you know, I had people who I knew for a long time moving home to like literally work out of dad's factory, like quite literally. And, um, and just give up the dream. And so I was like, okay, this stuff works for businesses. It's gotta, there's gotta be a way it works for musicians. I could see that there was like, it's not a direct one-to-one fit. You got to kind of test out and modify like how it works to, to work in the context of a musician. Cause we don't solve people's like kitchen sink problems. Right. right, We solve existential problems. And so I kind of use that studio and the financial security of working for that agency as like a nice little sandbox in which to start applying digital marketing strategies to musicians. And finally, um, working with uh, a good friend of mine, Nino Bless, and another good friend of mine, Palmer Reed, um, I was Mm -hmm. able to start like striking gold there and, and finding some stuff that really worked. And that developed to where I was doing it for a lot of people. And I just decided, you know what? I hate working for this mobile app agency. This is what I want to do. So beautiful. So I, I, yeah. So I started Indopreneur around, you know, in the storm of all that and, and leaving that agency eventually uh, late, late uh, two years ago, 2017. Um, so, yeah, that's how Indopreneur started out of all that. Oh, I love that, man. That's well, fantastic. So this has been about a two year thing for you then right so you guys are still in this in the in the upward swing of this oh, business 100%, yeah yeah definitely um i would say that we're largely creating the space in which we exist um there's other obviously music marketing type people but i don't think the impetus has been on them to focus on digital and direct response marketing in a way that's trackable it's more like you know how, to, how it's more long-term strategy type stuff. Sure, yeah, sure. Or uh, you know, we're gonna teach you how to do Facebook marketing. You know, but you buy this course and then you're on your own. Yeah, right. or it's like we'll teach you how to set up a Twitter page, and it's like right. I don't, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm um, exactly. Yeah, like there's not a whole lot of nitty gritty. My model for it is digital marketer. They're one of my favorite companies. These guys teach you like how to use the actual ad platforms and how to write copy and how to track the efficacy of advertising campaigns down to the dollar. And that stuff is like blows my mind. And as someone who's nerdy enough to be a musician, I was nerdy enough to care about that. And I think that's largely missing from for creative entrepreneurs. They're not told that they have to know that stuff. They're kind of told like, okay, fake it until someone else will take care of that. <laughs> yeah. Know, right. Crazy. No, exactly. Well, and that's the hope is that you, right. Is that you, we're told this myth that we're going to get to this certain level and someone else is going to take care of everything other than us playing our instrument. And we'll right, just right, right. sit in the lobby yeah. and wait for the limo and not have to do anything anymore. 100%. Yeah. That's, that is, I, and a lot of people want strategies that work, but this just not been a narrative that's been painted thus far. So I think we we're coming into the space with a little bit of a challenge, which is to create this. We want to create this person who, who is great at music, but knows that if they want that to be their life, that they're building a business around it. And so they need to learn how to build a business. And that's, you know, like if someone's that person, I'm down to teach them, you know, no matter what. (laughs) Absolutely. What Adam and I have been talking about for a very long time with, with our clients and on this show is that nobody goes into music thinking that they're going to be a business person, but, but by the very nature of what you're doing, you are a business person. You, and you are an, an you're an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not. And so you, you can either be an active one who is learning and making decisions intentionally or you can be one by default, <laughs> an accidental entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. who, who isn't aware of it and doesn't like it. Yeah, I think like a common condition, which I share, is that like we got into music because we didn't want to pay attention in math class. Like, <laughs> I get it. That's why that's why I got into it. Right, but right. certainly like learning how to do it well, you start doing a lot of math. Yeah, and so right, like, right. you know, like yeah. um, so like I, I think that whatever brought you into it, like grow up, 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. Right. it's time to like because people might think like, oh, if I'm gonna learn all this marketing stuff, why don't I just go start like a aluminum siding business? It's like go ahead if that's what you right. want to do, but right. realize that like if it's that or this, this is gonna be here. So you can do it doing something that bores you to death. Or you can do yes. it doing something you love, but right. you got to do it. I think also people think that there's like this inflection point where like, okay, if I hit 100K on Instagram, that's when the limo shows up <laughs> and everything's taken care of for me. Right, exactly. And it's like, yeah. and it's like dude, that's never going to happen. There's no free lunches. And the people who would come in and say, we'll take it from here, kid, they don't know what they're doing. They right. A lot of the time, right. those guys have never built a business. They came into a, an antiquated business model that is disintegrating on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. And yes. No one's got control over it, you notice. Like they're just kind of watching to see where it goes naturally. No one's really directing the market. Right. So, right. so yeah, like those guys are not going to take care of it, man, even if you did get there. Well, and what's really interesting is if you've ever spent any time around even major label artists or uh, or bands that are really successful, those cats know exactly what's going on. They are on top of it, man. There's nobody leading. The, there's nobody in charge of them, the successful right. ones. And I'm not talking about like the you know the '60s ones that we've seen in movies where they all die at 27 and they're yeah. heroin addicts. I mean like real long-term successful artists always know what's happening. They're always on top of that stuff. Yeah, I mean some people in our, on our staff or one person on our staff has had the the good fortune of being in the same circles as Taylor Swift and, and her management and her team. Beautiful. Yep. Like she knows what's going on with her merch. Yes. Right. You know, exactly. in a big, big way. She knows what offers are being made at her shows. She know she's, you know, she's got a handle on it. So you might look at her and be like, everything's taken care of for her. And it's like, that is absolutely 100% untrue. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. And then for indies to understand that, and and then you couple that with you doing things like you're doing with giving indies the power to direct what they're doing on purpose, real actionable tools to go. All right, how, how do I build a fan base? How do I, you know, how do I interact with that fan base? How do I get people at my shows? How do I sell merch? How do I right. run a Facebook campaign? All right, so yeah, when someone comes to your site, what's the first thing that you want them to see? The first thing that we really want people to understand is the overarching kind of psychological framework of of the listener journey. So like if you can understand how someone goes from never having heard of you to being your biggest fan and you can engineer that path, that's a business, right? right. So some of the some of the best marketers all they do and th these are like I would say that the the closest thing to knowing everything you need to know to be an entrepreneur is knowing everything you need to know to be a marketer. There's a few <laughs> other skills you need to add on top of that to be a business owner. But yeah. if you know all the marketing, like you don't really need a whole lot of other people. Right. Um, so that all boils down to knowing the customer journey. Yeah. That's a little bit different than the listener journey. The listener journey is a little bit more nuanced because the customer journey starts with the customer having a problem right. and the listener journey, you can like sort of, you can argue that in a more poetic way, but that's not exactly how it starts. <laughs> no, right. right, 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 right. The problem isn't that they don't have music. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like right. the problem is that, and I think not to go into the weeds here, but I, I do think that there is people come to music to embody a certain archetype. So like, if I want to feel, if I'm like going through a breakup and I don't want to care, you know, like I want to be badass. Like, I just want to be like, oh, I don't care. You know, like, right. there's a right. song for that. And, and I yeah. think, you know, there's times in our lives where we want to embody someone extra normative. We want to be like this hero character or this villain character. So you want to embody these different characters. I think that's where it starts. But um, overall, you know, there's not many. There's the beginning of the listener journey is by capturing their attention with something that fits their their ilk, what they're all about. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it gets guided by like, a whole lot of much more pull than push marketing. So it's very different from, you know, the customer journey. Right. So we want people to know the listener journey and mainly like we want to stop people from going out there and spamming their links and putting like, you know, a hundred links in like a top, what we call a top of funnel post. So like right. oftentimes the first interaction that someone will have with the brand is them putting their links somewhere it doesn't belong. Guys, keep your links to yourself. Right, okay? <laughs> right, right, right. Because, because nobody cares yet. They don't even know what's going on. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and so. If you know the listener journey and you can see how it's programmed, then you can. I, I, I truly believe that once you see it, it's like a eureka moment, and you're like, "Oh, I can program all this out, and I can see a path to solvency." Um, but you know, if you if you if you just assume marketing is like running ads or marketing is right. like you know, it's not. It's a sequence of events that you program, and and so you know you you. you through various data points, you can tell who is never, they're a cold audience. They've never heard of you before. Right. Through certain data points, you can tell who's, who's viewed some of your content, but hasn't maybe subscribed or hasn't maybe bought a product yet. Right. So right. with this data, we can tell who those people are and we can talk to them differently depending on where they are on this listener journey. And all, every marketing campaign we teach goes to serve that listener journey in one way or another. So it's not about, oh, how do I run a Facebook ad to blow up? Like, no, right. you know, like right. there's Facebook right. ads that introduce people to your content for the first time. There's Facebook ads that retarget people who have been with you for a long time to try to get them on your email list. There's, there's, there's Facebook ads, there's emails, there's websites and web pages for all these different things. And if you don't know the overall listener journey, I think you have a lot of trouble creating an audience in a, in a meaningful, sustainable way. But if you do know it, you can do it in any medium. You can do it with direct mail. You can do it with live performances in your town. You don't need necessarily digital marketing to make it happen. Oh, that's a great right. – I, I love that. point. That's the first time that I've ever heard anybody who's doing the kind of marketing that you guys are doing mention uh, – it in though in those terms that it isn't just about Facebook marketing, right? That no, not at all. In fact, like you could have success without Facebook ads. You know, marketing has been based on the customer journey since the 1920s, yeah. and they didn't have you know any of these digital <laughs> mediums back then. Right, and they still built multi-million dollar companies back then. Oh, I love that. And you said something a second ago about the difference between push marketing and pull marketing. Right. And that's that's yes. that's huge. Can you go into that for a second? Yeah. So a lot of people like especially in in my kind of lane of things, which is more like hip hop and and kind of youthful kind of music mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. like a lot of people are going out there and being like, the new thing is out. Check it out. And then there's a link to Spotify, but there's also a link to SoundCloud and there's like a video and then like there's like flames. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, so like. Fire. You want to break down, like, who's the likely audience for this Facebook post, right? right. Um, so, okay, so in most cases, people have built their Facebook page audience on the backs of their friends and family, just, like, getting people yep. in, the, in the door who don't necessarily care, right. but they know who you are, right? right? right. right. And then they're, then they're, so you have an audience of people who probably don't know much about your music or don't really even care. And you're trying to get them emotionally invested. And you're saying, okay, <laughs> right. go here. Trying to send them off of the platform immediately. That's pushing them off of the platform without any invitation. And so mm. for first touch marketing, first touch meaning this is the first thing they're seeing from you. Yes. We're recommending that you one of our main strategies uh, that we use to build new listeners is called FanFinder. It's a t certain type of Facebook video ad campaign, mm -hmm. and it's meant to get your video in front of people who have never heard of you before en masse, and then s w with the way that Facebook targeting works, you can save people based on how much of your video they watch. Right. So you have a custom audience of people who have watched 50% of your video. You can run them a follow-up ad. So we're building those things. We're building custom audiences of people who have seen your content. There's no link in the posts. There's no, there's no call to action. We're not pushing you off the platform. We want you right. to stay on the platform, stay in your news feed, and just enjoy some content. And that's a lot more pull than it is push because right. – we're not making any big inappropriate asks, and I think that's what musicians do wrong all, <laughs> all the time. All the time, well, exactly. Because we, we all want it now, right? I mean, that's that's the musician, yeah. and we're all pretty convinced we're pretty awesome, and that <laughs> you know everybody yeah. just needs to know how awesome we are. Yeah, and I think also like we were just talking about how like you know musicians often come to this point where they're like, "Do I have to do all this stuff?" And it's like. No, man, you don't. You can go be, you know, an electrician. Right. You totally can. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. don't have to do it. And to be honest with you, like, the music industry, for all the fuss that it makes, it has way too many participants for the <laughs> amount of revenue that it makes. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. like, right. Yes. You, like, 
it, you you not only do you not have to do it, but you shouldn't unless you have to do it. Yes, right. well put, well said. So well said. That's that if there's anything else you can do that you think might make you happy, go please go do that. Go yes, do that. Exactly. yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Not because we don't yeah, like you, because we do like you, and we want you to be happy. <laughs> we want you to yeah. be happy. You know, it's, guys, to be honest with you, every day like my team has the conversation and I think about not every day, but quite often, like we, as an, as a, as a traditional marketing agency, we could be getting $10,000 retainers. Right. We right. Could be, you know, yeah. we could be, we could be selling courses for a thousand dollars. A lot of our competitors sell their courses for a thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. But we have to not <laughs> right. for my feely wheelies. Like I have to not do that. Otherwise I can't sleep at night. So that's why I'm, yeah, you know, doing yeah. all this work and, and going, you know, like going crazy with content yep. because I have to, not because it's like the sickest opportunity I have in front <laughs> right. of me. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, Look, no, if you want to go get rich, get into tech, go do something else, right. man. Right. Yeah. Totally. No, well, and you came from that. So, you know, that that's the case and you couldn't do yeah. it. That wasn't what you, that wasn't something you were capable of doing and being happy. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So it's great. You know, I want to talk about the the other, um, all of the other um, content that you guys are offering that, that that you're doing. But before we do that, I do want to circle back um, and just bring up Facebook again real quickly because I feel like I'd be negligent if I didn't ask some of these questions. Yeah. One of them being, um, are you noticing at all a generational demographic shift on Facebook? And and I'm going to give you a little bit of a, an anecdotal about that to let you know exactly what I'm asking. Okay. One of the things that we are noticing um, from the people that we're working with, so in, for instance, we're working with several um, summer camps with um, music colleges. And one of the things that we're hearing from the uh, people who are teaching those is that those kids that are in those classes that are between you know 14 and 18 – 95% of them don't even have a Facebook account. And so what Adam and I have been really, really curious about is whether marketers, especially successful marketing, marketing firms like yourself, whether you guys are noticing any of that in your models. So, okay, so there's a few different you know, facets of this question. Yes, um, absolutely. It's something we get asked a, a whole lot. But, okay, so first let's talk about scale. Facebook has 2 billion participants. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. 1.5 billion monthly active participants. Right. And that is a whole lot of people. More <laughs> often, people run into issues of the wrong targeting, the right. wrong campaign structure, way before they run into issues of scale. Okay. There's not enough scale. Okay. Like I, I don't I know marketers who spend three hundred thousand dollars a day on the platform and Jeez. they're not running into scale issues. Wow. Okay. <laughs> right? right. Beautiful. And these are like e com marketers yeah, that sell yeah. like widgets and stuff. Yeah. Um so I don't think it's ever when people say like, Oh, all the young people are on Instagram, well that's not true. Like they're not all of them. And and right. wait not not so few of them are on Facebook that you would ever notice as your average marketer. You'd have to be way high volume to notice that kind of issue. Okay. Now, further, a lot of people will say to in surveys, I don't use Facebook. Or I don't even have Facebook. Now, what they mean is they don't have Facebook on their phone or they don't open the app a whole lot. But they have it. And there's all different types of placements where it could matter. So, like, Facebook is Instagram. It's the same ecosystem. Right, Facebook right, yeah. is also WhatsApp. So, like, oftentimes your data is stored in that Facebook ecosystem. But also Facebook has audience network. Facebook has Messenger. So if you're advertising with Facebook ads, the likelihood that you're going to reach that person who says, I don't ever use Facebook, is pretty high, you know? Gotcha. Um so a lot of times it comes out like, oh, there's this there's this teenage flight from Facebook over to Instagram or over to Snapchat. And it's just not true. Like it's sensationalist kind of news headline -y type of stuff. Um, and I would see I would seek out if I was seeing issues that I might otherwise attribute to that in my campaigns, I would seek out alternative explanations for them because I would assume it can't possibly be that there's over like. 500 million, you know, 
people in that uh, age segment on Facebook, you know, on a given in a given month. So I know it's not the scale issue. Now, people, the young people are are more given over to Instagram. That that is very true. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at I'm looking at a gentleman I work with, awesome rapper Drex Carter. He's younger than me. He's, what are you, 21? <laughs> I think he's 21, and uh, he's giving me the finger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I think he's 21, and he's like he hates Facebook, right? Like yeah. he talks about Instagram, and like that's that's what young people are about right now. But they don't know how much Facebook has them by the balls. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> Facebook Facebook is becoming like your ID card. It's becoming like your social security number where you just kind of need it for a number of different reasons that you don't think about on a daily basis. Right. Right. So that's kind of my answer is that like I don't think that there's so few young people on Facebook that anyone any average marketer would ever notice and I would seek alternative reasons for campaigns going wrong if that if that was a potential answer. Mm-hmm. And then I would say that Yes, young people are using Instagram more often. And if you're doing just feed advertising, you're pro- you know, and you want to reach young people, sure, you know, uh, put a little bit of weight, a little bit more weight towards Instagram than you would Facebook. But oftentimes that's not the case. Okay. Well, and again, gotcha. you're you're in a position where you're running campaigns for multiple genres of of music and 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 different artists, and that's the kind of thing that you'll be running into. So we'll keep. We'll keep checking back about that. Now, we, you guys also might notice like a clear, distinct difference in types of engagement between the platforms, and that might that might attribute like you might attribute that to a youth gap. Um, but it is it's a behavior gap, I guarantee you, um, and that's that pops up for us all the time. It's the behaviors on the platforms are distinctly different. Absolutely, I guess, and that's a that you just hit it on the head. That's exactly what I was. That was the underlying question to my yeah. question was: Are you noticing in advertising campaigns a behavioral difference depending on the on the genre of music? Right. So very obviously, if you're if you're marketing to a metal audience or a Christian audience, Facebook is still that's the bang for your buck right there, man, because those people are engaged on that platform a lot. Right. But if you're and what I'm what I was curious about is if you're if you're doing more a campaign more for a youth um, oriented, you know, pop or urban type of music, are you noticing that maybe money is better spent on Instagram or right. So, so I wouldn't attribute that to age necessarily. What I would attribute that to is people on Instagram still believe what they're telling each other. Like, do you? Do you? Do you? Yes. Oh, do you I love remember, that, brother. Amen. All I right. Love that. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Do you? Do you remember on Facebook when everyone's life was a lie and it was beautiful? Now it's like. Right. Now it's your feed is polluted with like angry political posts and right. all right. the positivity has long since left the platform. But on Instagram, everyone's still lying to each other about <laughs> right. what their life is like. They're still doing photo shoots and Learjets that they rent yes, in the exactly. hangar. And, so yeah. when you're on Instagram, you're in Gary V positive motivation yes. mode. And your comments reflect that. When you're on Facebook, you're dealing with the drudgery of average everyday life. <laughs> and your engagement reflects that. Well, so maybe <laughs> Facebook needs music more than ever. They need to be. Added. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's great. I love that. I love that, and I love that you bring up Gary V because we're we're oh, huge yeah. fans of, of his as well. Every time I man, every yeah, time I'm feeling lazy, I will listen to a Gary V podcast and go right, right. Yeah, Drex. I'm the gentleman who's in my office right now. Drex. He uh, he like is constantly researching like Gary V's team and. Uh, Good. Someone he works with, another indie of ours via CJ, has actually gotten his songs on some of Gary V's uh, episodes. So if you're nice. a musician out there and you dig Gary V, uh, try yeah. put some effort into it, and you you can probably you know get familiar with their team or get a song on an episode if you submit. Well, I regularly. love that. I love that you said that too because uh, it, that's true for not only Gary V but anybody, any other podcaster or video right. caster that you really like. Yeah. Right. Reach 100%. out to him. Make you know develop that that. You know, relationship and and uh, that's out there for you. Go into the DMs, except and do something. Yeah, 
Yeah, except MKBHD, he like uses one guy religiously. Nice. Okay, <laughs> so, All right. so then don't don't so bother don't waste your time with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's awesome. So so I want I do want to swing back again to talking about all of this content that that you guys have been really focusing furiously on getting out there. So you've got Creative Juice, the podcast, and then the new thing that I've been into that you're doing is the Full Stack Creative on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. I I caught the YouTube bug like five, six months ago where like I always use YouTube, but I became a power user like seven, six months ago. All right. And and I had like I would go into the app, like I go into the app all day, every day. And now that then I finally understood what it was to be a YouTube power user and the behavior really crystallized for me. So then I was like, okay, now I understand what the YouTube specific user is. You're not on Facebook, you're not on Instagram, you're on YouTube primarily. Right. And then I kind of saw some opportunities there. Also the vlogger the the vlogger role has really crystallized. And Okay. And now vloggers are the most top ranked kind of content on YouTube. Um, really? Yeah. hundred percent vloggers are taken over. It's very hard for other channels that aren't like vlog oriented to, to climb. Um, Fascinating. That has to do partially with upload frequency, but also just like what people are on YouTube to see. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it, and not like the, not like the daily vlogger, like 2007, 2008 kind of vlogger where it was like, Point a camera at my face and it's shaky all day, and then right. what I did today. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, yeah. The new like heavy B roll like dope cameras kind of vlogger like that's taking okay. off. Okay. Yeah, and I and so it's always been a challenge to get indies to realize like, look, we can teach you how to build this big audience, but if you're not doing recurring content, regular media yeah. to keep them engaged, like you're just basically like paying to turn on a fire hose and letting it run down the drain. You know, right, right, um, right. Yeah, you just did a really nice. Yeah. You got you just did a really nice podcast on that recurring um, content. Exactly, theme. it's recurring media month. Yeah. at entrepreneur. All right. <laughs> wow, there you go. I yeah. like it, man. There, there it is. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah no, well, it's a it's a, re- it's a really cool it's really cool stuff. I mean, it's it's and the the things that you're sharing on there with the with the video podcast is is very cool. Yeah, and you. Oh, yeah, man. Well. We wanted to give people like an insight into, I think there's a lot of analogs between running our business and running any creative business. So we wanted to kind of give people that inside look. Well, yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's brilliant for you to know all that there is to know about the, the, the YouTube experience and the analytics and all the, cause that's going to be another yeah. great opportunity for, for ads, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a nice – so, like, the rest of the team kind of knows me as, like, the crazy person who will just, like, do things uh, without much discussion about it. Like, I just kind of rush <laughs> headlong into things. So, like, I, love I need, like, a padded room. Yeah, like, I need, a, I need somewhere I can bounce off the walls. And, <laughs> and getting into camera gear <laughs> – so, like – I've I've never known anything about camera gear or editing except for like having some like friends in my college fraternity who were like there was a department of my creative fraternity that was all about film and I I picked up a little bit there but I otherwise have never known anything about it and so I wanted to kind of serve as a live case study rushing headlong into videography learning it in a very short time frame and then building a YouTube channel, including the marketing of it. If we can provide a live case study of that, that opens up an avenue of education that just indies have been asking for, for a long time, but we just haven't had any answers for. Well, absolutely. And, and like the, to the, the conversation that we were having a few minutes ago, this is another place where musicians are hanging out and people who want music are hanging out on YouTube. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I think also, in the future, like you, just like you can't just be a musician anymore, you have to also be a business owner. You can't just be that either. I think there's a this is like a lofty sort of conversation that like a line of conversation I'm headed into. But oh, bring I, it. I truly believe that <laughs> I truly believe that. Okay, we're okay. So we saw a major convergence of marketing um, about five years ago. Over the last like ten years, marketing you used to be able to just just be an email marketer or just be an right. ad buyer, a media buyer. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't do that anymore. Right. Companies are hiring full stack marketers. They need you yeah. to be able to do everything. As an right. agency, we do everything. We we'll, we'll figure out your fulfillment. We'll find a warehouse to do your third party logistics for your merch. Like we'll do everything. Right. Um, 
I think that that's happening to creativity. And I think it's because of automation. Automation is forcing the economy to... This is such a lofty topic. Come on, bring it in. <laughs> Come on, now. everybody in. needs to know. Come on. Okay, so okay, so the, the what you get in the economy is corollary to your value, right? What value do do you provide to the ecosystem? Right now, that's out of the whole. So it's it's not it's not just raw value; it's a ratio. It's like how yes. much of this entire pie are you responsible for compared to everyone else? So you have all of the value in the world, and then you have all the people in the world, and then you have their con- contribution ratio, right? So. People are getting more wealthy. Why is that? Because lower income jobs are being eliminated by automation. So like, worldwide, wealth is growing by leaps and bounds. And and that's because, not because like we all have more money or we're all mo- worth more because we're doing more valuable stuff. It's because the less valuable stuff is being eliminated. So there's less actual jobs, which means the pie that we're distributing goes to fewer in a, in a big way, or mm-hmm. like your contribution, how much manual labor you put into the ecosystem. It doesn't matter as much because a lot of it's taken care of for us. Our problems are solved in a way that doesn't require you to pay a person. So I say all that to say that automation is coming for not just trucking, not just retail, not just food service, but also law and medicine. There's so much that automation is about to wipe out in the next 10, 15 years. And the one thing that's very difficult for automation to do, no, two things, plumbing, electrician, it's very hard, like small digit manipulation. That's difficult for for robotics and AI, but creativity, which really is just, it's language. It's the only reason it's difficult for AI to do is because the recipient of it is a human and it's hard to predict what a human's going to want or respond to. And that's why language is so difficult for AI. Well, absolutely. So, well, and also, uh, just to, to piggyback on that, the other, the other thing that AI can't possibly solve, given the, the uh, way that they're approaching it right now, is the idea of uh, creativity and metaphor. That you can't, that, right. is, that isn't something that you can program. So right. artificial intelligence will never actually be intelligence until it's operating on a different system other than zeros and ones, because that's not literally and that's not and how we so operate. we get to general AI, right? It's not going to be right. beating us in creativity. No, exactly. It can't possibly. And yeah, uh, one of my favorite future technologists, Ray Kurzweil, he has a model for the human brain that's based on modules. So at the very low end, you have a module in your brain that might be able to recognize whether a line is straight or not, Mm -hmm. right? And then Mm -hmm. a little bit higher than that, and you can recognize the letter A because you have all these lower modules that tell you, okay, this checks out, this checks out, this checks out, that's a letter A. You go even higher, you have words, you go even higher, you have like complex thoughts, like that was ironic. You go even higher and you have music, art, creativity. Those are the highest modules in the human brain. We needed the neocortex to get them. Chimps don't have it. Right. Which tells me that it is the most complex processing in the human brain, which tells me that creativity is going to converge. The, the only businesses left will be people who can do not just music, but music and content and entertainment and video all of it. So get while the getting's good, guys. Make hay while the sun shines. You know what I mean? You, stop thinking of yourself as a musician. You are a creative personality. You are responsible for packaging uh, seemingly disparate ideas into a cohesive concept and feeding it to other human beings as as existential nourishment. So, like, get on it, man. I, <laughs> Don't so, just be in music. That's great. I love it. So that explains to me this, uh, the, um, the, Rant that you not rant, but that 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 where you've been recently talking about. Look, if you're a creative, you can be a creative in any of these things, right? Right. And so I get that now, coming from from where you're at existentially, that 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 would ha- that follows. That absolutely follows. If you're going to start from that assumption, absolutely, I get it. Yeah, Perfect. that's where it all comes from. Is like I think we're gonna see a convergence of all creative fields into one, which is like entertainer or storyteller, right? And with like with Adobe Suite now, and like maybe a da a nice DAW, like you can do all of it, every step <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? It's not that hard. You know, right, like, right. I certainly learned how to do it, and like you know, I may talk a good game, but I'm an idiot, right? So like. <laughs> With some, with some online <laughs> tutorials, like you can do anything. I, it's we're in the era of. Have you seen the Matrix? Oh, of God, course, yeah. yeah. We we're in the era of I know kung fu. Like it's right? like that. Yeah. 
You know, you yeah. can go on YouTube and I, I picked up videography to, I, I would say, a passable degree in like three months right. of just learning. Yeah. And anyone can do that. So that's it's a, an exciting time. And I think it's the impetus should be on musicians to be more than just musicians. Well, I know that's a big ask. No, no. And, and, and what's funny is, again, piggybacking on that, one of the things that you can't do Matrix style, that you can't, I know Kung Fu, is learn an instrument. Learns, yeah. learns or songwriting. Taste. Also, taste and is taste. A difficult one. But but so that if that that puts the talent of somebody who can play an instrument, who can create a song, who does have good taste, puts their talents at a at, at a higher premium, which puts totally. them in yeah, a sure. in a more powerful place. And if they understand that they are, it's now their job to also be a business, right? And that you can't just be creative. It's, and it's one of the. Same. I'm creative, so I'm not very good at that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's too bad because you're going to still have to pay your rent. So, yeah, you, I would also say that like a lot of our indies, a lot of our bigger case studies, one of which is a, a fantastic musician in Quebec named Caracol. She loves marketing now, like the way that she loves music. Really? She, you're talking about you're talking about a woman who owns like 80 cents or something like that. Like she knows all of that realm. And then through struggling through her first marketing campaign with us, she came to understand, like finally it all clicked for her. And now she treats her campaigns and how she wants to roll out albums as an extension of the creativity it took to create them in the first place. Wow. You know, I love so that. It's, That's it's all a canvas, man. If you can learn the business, like learning an instrument is not creative. Like learning a guitar. It's, not, <laughs> it's you're sitting there like, you know, and, and there's nothing like beautiful or creative or flowery about that. It's highly technical. And but you, you get to a point where you can be, you know, creative with it. But it's, marketing is the exact same way. It's going to seem like it's going to seem like, you know, data entry until you finally get to a point where you can see the whole picture. Well, I love the way you're describing it. Again, the idea that marketing is an art and that you treat it that way and if you treat all of the things in your career as an art yeah you can get your artistic your whiny artistic head around it yeah totally well like dude learning ableton is not music you know right like learning a, right. learning how to work the push or learning how to work, work a looper that's not music that's that's bo that's like mind drudgery right <laughs> <laughs> So, right, so, right, right. so what I yeah. mean is like learning Facebook ads isn't communication. Right. Learning how to work your email marketing platform form isn't communication, but right. marketing overall is communication. So you learn these little tools in order to do the thing you want to do, which is communication. Right. Communication is language. It's the highest module. It's, it's creativity. So, you know, human to human contact and, and transmitting ideas to each other and feelings to each other. You know, Facebook ads is just as worthy a tool for that as Ableton Live. And that's kind of what we try to show people. That's great. Again, it takes a little bit more of a long view because once you create yeah. a loop, you have instant gratification. You go, that's cool. Well, you, you, could, you could set up our fan finder strategy in like, you know, a, like a couple of days. All right. And oh, that's. That is a rush of adrenaline, man. Like getting all these comments and all these views on your video and all these real people who are like, I dig this. That is, it's, it's a hit, man. And then, and then you, you go back from that and you say, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, all right, you're excited. Great. Now comes the hard work. So, right. So that's kind of the same thing. It's like, you might be able to like get a little loop going and you're like, Oh, that's cool. But then you start to try to fit other loops over it. And you start to try to like create something that's actually passable that you could like show someone. Right. Right. And that's when, that's when the, the adrenaline all fades and you're like, Oh, I don't know if I actually want to learn this loop. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so I love that. Um, I want to, I want to, um, you, so you brought up the, the fan finder, um, and that is that's one of the, the um, sort of I don't know what you do you call them mini courses is that is that how you would um, we call them trainings training but you can okay, call like them whatever that. you want I like that yeah. yeah I like that so that's one of the trainings that's that is available a la carte on your website but it's but it's just one of it's just one of many and you do offer this uh, you know and also a, a is it a, a year long membership where it's uh, for like indie pro. 
So Indie Pro is a, it can be a monthly membership or with some people go annual and you save two months a year. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And that includes that is so that includes all the trainings, and I I know from your from listening to your podcast that it also includes that there's these uh, uh, Wednesday sessions where I think it's you that that will go online live with um, members and talk about different strategies or or challenges that they're facing. Um, is that is that accurate? Yeah. So okay. So there's the training library, which is almost a dozen trainings now. And then there's nice. there is our weekly indies live sessions. Those are meant. We originally started where we just had standalone trainings, and it was more expensive because it's a diff, more difficult business model to run. Yeah, right? for and, sure. But with that, you also got access to our private Facebook group, and then we we have like tons of experts in there. Like Ari Herstan's in there. Oh, beautiful. Some people who are in like twenty five k masterminds for digital marketer mm -hmm. are in there. Nice. So there's huge people in there, and they're very helpful. And so that was a great resource, but people often used it as like a reason to like tag our staff and not ask other people questions. Uh, so gotcha. okay, people want direct help from staff. So yeah. in, in Indie Pro, we started doing weekly live sessions, which are which we alternate between our staff members hosting okay. it. Okay. So it's me, right. Jack, and Corinne. Gotcha. And then we alternate between. Q&A and audit. So Q&A is like people can ask whatever question they have related to the trainings or related to their marketing or music career. And then audit sessions is people post links to their emails, their ads, their landing pages, and we just kind of go over them and see how we could improve them. Oh, nice. Um, and then the last Wednesday of every month is instead of Indies Live, it's a live training called Ground Reports. So we take something that's working right now in our agency that that we feel is really important for people to know, but you know, it would take a month or two months to put it into a full training. Gotcha. So we just yeah. go live for an hour in a more like webinar -y format and just kind of teach that concept. Okay. Um, and then there's also, there's also a suite of, we, we try to negotiate deals on services that we know Indies will need. So we have arrangements with some of my favorite people in town for mixing, mastering, and production nice. at $30 an hour for all of our members. <laughs> wow. And which yeah, is, which is why you got, ass, man. which is why you got out of the studio business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I kind of, when we no, launched that, yeah. I wanted to show people like, look, man, when it comes to studios, I know where the bodies are buried. Right. The truth right. is you're, you're paying, you're probably paying, like, let's say you got an eight hour mix, like, Six, seven of those hours don't need the room, but you're paying for the room. Right. You right, know, right. You need the room for that final reference and right. maybe like a little bit of, of reference right. work in, in the but middle. Most of but it's done not. in the box anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, let's throw the room out of the equation. What do you got? You got $30 an hour mixing. You're paying the engineer great. And the rest rounds off to an hour in the room. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather people have engineers who really are paid well to work on their stuff and be honest about what the actual pricing model is. I think studios, you know, like they build these big rooms and they need them. And so they have to justify that cost. I totally understand that. But, you know, we wanted we wanted to make sure that people could save more than they spend on the Indie Pro membership. So oh, that's mixing, great. mastering, Very production. Cool. It's weird. People, it, it's really ramped up in the last, like, three months, mm -hmm. but for the first little while, people did not use those services as much as I, I would have imagined they would, but it's really, it's right. really picked up and I'm, I'm glad people are using it. Cause it's exactly what I use. I literally yesterday used our production concierge service to get a song produced and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm very happy That's with phenomenal. it. That's awesome. Man. So now this is, um, this is, um, just in the Maya, in the Orlando area or do you have, like, I know Cameron is usually in Nashville, right? Um, Corinne lives in Nashville. Jack, uh, the the agency lead for NDX, he lives in D.C. And okay. then we have our support specialist here in Orlando works in the office with me. Um, and we have a number of contractors throughout uh, throughout the U.S. Also, um, Ed Isola of the 502s is a contractor for us at the agency level. And he came into our trainings and ran every single one of them with his band, the 502s, and they did great. They toured Europe, and he basically had to quit his job because he's going to be touring a whole lot. So he's like, hey, if I'm in town, I need some hours. You know, can I do agency stuff? And I was like, totally. Man. Love that. That's so, great. Love that. Yeah. So, and that's just, we, we want to facilitate the transition for indies from 
full-time something else to full-time what they want to be full-time at. It's awesome. cool to be able to do that at, at the ground level, too. So great. <laughs> yes, so great. Definitely. Um, a couple other deals that I know that you have. Oh, I, know, I know you've got one with uh, Google Suite, right? Yes. Word. That one's actually complicated because so we signed up for a Google Suite affiliate ship. We were just like, hey, we just want to be able to offer a discount. They're like, it's 20% discount, so you're all good there. But then we found out that it's like we have to, we get a certain number of discount codes for G Suite from our rep there, mm-hmm. and then we give them out. And I was like, no, we need it to be like any page like they can go and get it <laughs> right he's like no it's the codes furthermore these codes only work for the u.s and if you want it to oh, work for other geez. countries you need to have a business there so we just put all of our codes in a spreadsheet and then we swap <laughs> them out we so indies will pop in Perfect. grab a code and change the spreadsheet to say this code is no longer valid and then when they're all invalid we ask for more from you our rep more. Okay. Cool. Yeah. cool that's great it's a good workaround yeah. i like yeah. that well, and again, yeah, man. so that people also know, so so you do have an agency where you will do this work for artists who deem themselves incapable of doing it on their own. Yes, yeah, so, but we don't let them deem themselves incapable of doing it on their own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we we actually we actually turn down a lot more agency applications than we accept. Um, the goal of this company is to not not let that be the answer anymore. Okay. Right. And uh, and so there's a few different scenarios. One, if. okay, so like, for instance, we had one agency artist last year where it was like the her father had the money. She's a talented artist, but she's completely wrapped up in chasing her career in L.A. There is no way she's going to do it. Right. And they're right. not hurting for the money. It's not going to put them into any financial distress Correct. to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, have yeah. us do it for them. Gotcha. So, and, but under those circumstances, we say, okay, limited engagement, here's what we're going to set up for you. And then we're out. Right. Okay. We're not just going to let you do this ad infinitum. Um, you know, that's not what we're here for. Right. Now, the other scenario is where someone has a team and they've grown to a point where them and their team can't handle it. They've got so many other irons in the fire that they just can't. So either it's like a, it's kind of a mercenary mission where it's like, we're coming in, we're setting this up and then we're out. Okay. Because we don't want to be running the, the juice on you. We know kind of the mathematics behind your business. And right. It's not going to work out for you. Right, right. Or you've risen to a point where we can we can pretty much prove the revenue case for keeping us on within the first month. Or your team is just like got a million different other things to worry about and, and you're fine. So that's kind of the two scenarios. Love gotcha. it. Gotcha. Love it, man. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So I feel like we've got a, a really a much better handle on what you guys all do. Um, I think the one last question that I really want to ask from you um, before before we let you go is if you are noticing any um, really positive or negative uh, trends in the in the, um, in what you're doing within the industry. Yeah, I would say major positives is that I'm I'm not so my whole team is not as. Um, is is not as hateful of, of the record label model as I am. So I don't want to speak on behalf of the entire company, but I really don't like record labels. And I think I have like 60 years of historical examples for why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I'm not a big fan of them, but they, you know, that's what everyone's looking at. And they're starting to care about data. Um, mm. We had a show with one of our agency clients where we've been marketing for it for the past three months. There was an artist attached for it with Warner, and Warner was basically aware of what we were doing. And they were like, that's just some online fad. It's not going to work. Oh and they sold God. out this show in London with no with no like presence as far as the labels are concerned, and they sold it out. So Beautiful. <laughs> we're starting to see them really pay attention to it. They're right. talking about data. None of them know what data means yet, but they're still <laughs> saying it, which is encouraging. That's encouraging. Yeah, because they, they think that metrics are data. They think that like views right, right. on YouTube you know, is, is data. Right, right. Um, you go to universal.com, you rather whatever their website is, and they don't have a pixel installed on their website. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my, oh my god! Um, god. Just... But if you go to Post Malone's, um, I think that's Warner. 
I'm not sure, but one of them has full-on Oracle backend uh, data management. So there's a product from Oracle called Blue Kai, and Oracle basically like will programmatically attach pixels to websites that you control. So if you go to Post Malone's, you look at Pixel Helper, and it says it says like all this categorical information, rap, uh, you know this this artist this region right, you know right and so they're really starting to get granular about it which is very encouraging yeah um and then within our own community case studies are just flying out one of our um our, our agency lead jack recommended to a band last year that they get involved in indie pro their first fan finder ever went to 33 million in like very short order <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, wow. and then they pulled in like, and this was over the holiday, and then they pulled in like twenty one thousand dollars with a free push shipping and handling funnel straight from our training area, um, and that continues to generate massive revenue for them. So phenomenal, like, amazing. Yeah, so we're really starting to see the the case studies are accelerating, and and there's people out there with millions of views, and and they're they have a real rigid structured business now, and. I like to think that we played a part in that. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, that. like 99% of it is them saying, no, not only can I do it, but I'm going to do it. Right, right. You yeah. Know? Yes. Like that's yes. that's what it's all about. So, you know, just to have been involved, to have been able to help, like it's huge for us. So, yeah, very encouraging that I think it, like the first year it was like convincing people that we're not sketchy. Right. The second right, year. Right, right, right. <laughs> the second year was kind of right like a lot of hand holding through the trainings and funnels. Right, right. Sure. Setting stuff sure. up. And also setting up infrastructure so that people can get the help they need yep. from our company. And now we're really starting to see the, the the major results come out after like two years of hard work. So we're very excited about that as well. I think Love the industry it. is trending better. <laughs> that's yeah. that's beautiful. And yeah. and and uh, man, I, it's so interesting. I I don't know that I I have ever talked to somebody who's a better who's better at beating the drum about how you're supposed to do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I do it. I do it pretty. That's pretty much all I do. So, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's beautiful. You, put, you force yourself to do it frequently, and you get better at it. I you, think well, that's true. It's for, great, man. And I love. I love. We love the, the relentless positivity. Yeah. And the you know the absolute belief that anybody can do this. You can do this. You not only do not only not only should you do it, but you can do it, and it will work for you. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, like. I, like if you're out there listening to this and you're still on the other side of that fence, like, cause people like, it's not a debate as to whether or not you can do it. Right. Like right. What, all it is, is you deciding decide is a word that has its roots in the same, uh, same language as suicide or homicide. It means to end <laughs> decide means I'm serious. It's quite serious. This yeah. Latin yeah. Root. Yeah. Decide yeah. means Four years of Latin Decide here, Ben, so you're right. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Decide means to look at two paths ahead of you and literally kill one of kill them. Kill one of them. Right? Yep, absolutely. And end with just one. So you can decide that whether or not you can do it right now, you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to try. And that is that is like, you know, like when I decided to start a YouTube channel, it didn't matter that like we only got a hundred subscribers in our first week and I was tearing my own hair out trying to upload videos every day. <laughs> right, right, it didn't right. matter because I had decided, right? I'm on the you're other end it. of that decision. So I can't go back now. Right. You're right. Doing and it. if you can like like if you've ever been on a cliff or you've ever been cliff diving rather, or, like on a high diving board, mm -hmm. and it's literally just about deciding to jump. Yeah. Right. Like yep. you know, nothing else is hard after that. That's how it is. So if you're out there listening, like make the decision. But don't don't look for like the final moment where someone's going to convince you that you can. It's all it's all you. It's all you. That's, that's beautiful, it. man. I, I think that's a perfect. There place is for no us better to, place to for up. us to wrap than <laughs> than there, man. And and look, we would love to do this again uh, at some point. You know, maybe we could make it an annual thing. You know, I'd love Keep to check in, in with you. Exactly. And see where you're where you're headed and 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 how things are going and and. Uh, pass on some of that relentless positivity to our listeners. Absolutely, man. 100%. It was a blast talking to you guys, and I wish you all the luck in the world. I'm definitely going to be following along. And, um, yeah, thank thank you guys for kind of bearing the same torch and, and helping man. out. We need all the help we can get. They absolutely, do. Absolutely, man. man. We're going to do. do it. We'll make it happen. All right, brother. Oh, yeah, guys. We'll Have a great rest of your day. You, you too, too man. We'll talk to you Take soon. Take care, sir.
Well, that was phenomenal. Oh, man. <laughs> I, oh, man. I love I that. Can we have him on the show every week? I know. Dude, you think we're always like, people hate us because we're the positive guys. I know, right? Like, he, that was. He is all yes, you can. Right. I love that, man. Right? Just such yeah. great energy and. and yeah, phenomenal. And, and again, great. Information. Great information, and I know we got into the weeds a little bit there with with some of that and speculation no, and all that, and that's fun. It's and that's fun to to do, right, right. Um, but it doesn't diminish the fact that they have really measurable, actionable steps to take that work. Yeah, and how many times as an indie artist have you been sitting around going, I just "What do don't I know do how next? To do it. How do I find any? Need more now, what fans. do I do? How do I get people at my shows? How do right. I? How do I? What do I do about sending emails? I and... guess I'll just binge watch this Netflix show and right. corn chips. Yeah, instead. no, no, no. Don't. So here's some stuff for you. Go to, to the show notes. Right. Go to Indiepreneur. Yeah. And go check it out, man. Absolutely. Because do yourself a favor and remember, you got this. We got your back. Yeah.